Welcome to Life at the Ballpark. On this episode, you'll hear stories from the sports director of a legendary radio station that has covered a legendary baseball franchise for over half a century and who has never forgotten the words of advice he received from his dad as he encouraged him to get into sports broadcasting. He loved how public address announcers like yourself created an atmosphere for the game, and he had great respect for the really good ones. And he loved saying, before my first football game that I ever did in high school, he said, now, Tommy, this is how you do it. You get up there and you say, and now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise and join in the singing he said, that's very important. You need to say, and join in the singing of our national anthem. Welcome to Live at the Ballpark, sharing stories from players, managers and coaches, writers and broadcasters about their lives around baseball, from the sand lots to the big league ballparks. Hi, I'm John Frost, and my guest today is Tom Ackerman, sports director for KMOX the legendary flagship station for the St. Louis Cardinals. Thanks, Tom, for sharing about your life at the ballpark. It is absolutely my pleasure. I love being at the ballpark. I feel so comfortable at the ballpark. It's a happy place. It's a great place, and it's good to be down here. It is. It is. It's been a while for you being down here because of all that's happened with COVID and the lockout and stuff. So how does it feel to be back? So the fir- You have such a great voice, by the way. I always, <laughs> always enjoy the voice. I... Uh, I have not been down here for a full spring training since 2019, and I've been coming to spring training since 2001, which was Albert's first year, as people know, with the Cardinals. So to not be here in 21 in particular was very strange. That was during COVID, and our company did not allow us to travel. We were very restricted when it came to business travel at that point. 20 we were actually here calling the game mike claiborne and i called the game the day that they canceled spring training you were here yep and then um 22 as you mentioned last year was a lockout so i was here for nine or ten days and it wasn't even supposed to be that long it was extended because we got where the yachty was coming so we talked to him and then once i got home pools showed up <laughs> I, I missed that one although i spent a lot of time with albert during the season but to come down here and to be down for three weeks, so I always do March. We have Matt Pauley comes up or comes down here and does the first month, and then after my college basketball season, I spend three weeks down here. It's fantastic. I love being around the team, and I love being at the ballpark. Well, I'll tell you one thing I know about Tom Ackerman. He can keep a secret because <laughs> there's some new news on you. Yeah, so it was announced yesterday as we're – recording this uh that bally sports is going to bring me in to do a few series of television games so i'll be jumping in there for some dates uh for chip carry in 2023 and i'm really looking forward to that eight games is on my schedule i think there's a chance i'll get a little studio work with them as well in addition to radio duties and so that's exciting it's it's really great you know back in st louis i'm not part of the radio rotation now i do radio games down here in spring training but my job is a morning show host at KMOX. i report on the team i host our pregame and postgame on network especially during day games Um, sports director at KMOX, so I manage our day-to-day sports operations. But I've been doing play-by-play of baseball and college basketball for a long time, you know, for 20-plus years. 
since, and I've been at Camo Extra 25, coming up on 26. And to get an opportunity like this is very special, and I'm I'm excited for it. Well, and growing up a Cardinal fan, yeah, you're you're, you're a local boy, so this grew is up a fan. Yeah, this is know, a dream, right? It is. I do feel like I'm in a dream, and my dad was a great man he died of a heart attack when i was young almost 18 years old and he's the reason i'm in this to begin with you know, he took me to the ballpark when i was a kid we went and saw the cardinals just like many kids in st louis growing up and he was very supportive of my dream to be a broadcaster and uh, was uh, encouraging in that way but also made me realize that it was very challenging that it would be very competitive and um, I was up for the challenge, and, and here I am. So I am thinking about him as well. I can remember you telling me stories about your dad and what a hero he was to you, is to you. Yeah. And one of the stories that you told me, I think, involved you doing PA at a high school, maybe baseball game, where he said, there's a right way to introduce the national anthem. Yeah, he, he loved the this, how public address announcers like yourself – created an atmosphere for the game and he had great respect for the really good ones and he loved saying before my first football game that I ever did in high school I played football in high school and then stopped playing because I didn't I wasn't big enough and now I am uh, <laughs> I wish I was the size in high school I'm 6'2 about 215 I was 5'7 you know buck 25 trying to be a quarterback in high school and getting knocked around so i became the public address announcer and he said now tommy this is how you do it he said you get up there and you say and now ladies and gentlemen please rise and join in the singing he said that's very important you need to say and join in the singing of our national anthem can you say that I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it that way, Dad. So that's what I did. Uh, and our high school pet band, you know, played the national anthem. And I was like, wow, I'm doing this. And then I started doing a scoreboard. We had a phone number that we called in St. Louis, 321-1111. It was the KMOX sports line. You'll never forget it. And you'd call that number, and a KMOX sportscaster would record the latest scores. And I'd write them all down, and then I would say them to the crowd there was no internet and isn't that funny that it turned out that i ended up working at KMOX myself when i started working there there was internet in 1997 and we would just go on the ap wire and find the the uh the scores but anyway those were great times great days being a public address announcer for high school football kind of started the whole thing the rest is history yeah. The rest is history. So uh, I know we're, our time is short here this morning because of your commitments, but um, what are your observations about spring training? I know this is going to be published, obviously, after the rosters are finalized, so we're going to probably look a little silly if we say that Biff so Pocoroba is going to make the club. Isn't it great to see Jordan Walker out in left field? <laughs> Boy, doesn't he look good. No, I, I think that I think Jordan has done everything that he can to earn a spot on the roster. But you know, things certainly can change throughout a season because it really will come down to, for him, two things. One, he has to start. So that means that he is better than the foursome, that he's good enough to start every day, either in left field or right field. He will not play center field. Center field will be Tyler O'Neill or Lars Newtbar or Dylan Carlson. And that's the thing is that they can – move those players around and put 
Jordan in one of the corner outfield spots. That's very appealing. I think that's going to be one of their strong points now that Jordan is part of this. But the other thing that makes this very nice is that there is a DH in the National League. And much like last year, Albert Pujols joined the Cardinals because of the DH rule, period. That If that doesn't happen, he doesn't come. So this actually works to the Cardinals' benefit because Jordan could play some DH. Now, if he goes into a slump, where does he play and does his defense help the team moving forward? That's the important thing is Derek Gould of the post-dispatch and I talked about recently. Defense doesn't slump, really. I mean, if you're a good defensive player, you're a good defensive player. Hitting does go back and forth. So where is your value on the field every day? And that'll be an important thing for Jordan. But I think he's made a terrific transfer from third base to outfield. The other thing that I've noticed about this team is it is extremely flexible. You have Donovan playing third and short and second. Edmund has played in his career third, short, and second, although he is the starting shortstop. Even Mason Wynn, who's going to likely be a rising star through the system, he's now at AAA and and knocking on the door of the major leagues. Wynn can play second base if you need him to. Gorman can play third and second base. Yepes can play first base and outfield. Donovan can play in the outfield if you want. You can put Burleson in the Burleson can play first base or outfield. So there are a lot of moving parts here, and the DH actually really helps there because you can play Contreras as a DH and then have one of your backup catchers jump in. It it should be a very potent offensive team for the club. The pitching is always the question. You have to have pitching to win. If they have a good enough rotation, I think they can last for a while and then decide – at the trade deadline, do we have the number one hammer to come in during the playoffs and get get us to where we want to be? If we don't, well, then we go get one. That's that's how the Cardinals should probably approach this. Well, when you're talking about Jordan Walker, you know, the comparisons to 2001, a lot of people have made them. Because when Albert came up, as you remember, he'd only played a handful of games in the minor leagues. His big push came with Memphis in the playoffs and Jordan Walker played more games in the minor leagues last year than Albert Pujols did his entire minor league career. There's no question that he reminds you of Albert because of the same age, because of the right-handed bat, because of the power, because of the ball, the sound of the ball coming off the bat. I'm always careful to compare players, but it's hard to to not. I think that, you know, time will tell that is an incredible career <laughs> that we just witnessed. Yeah. So you know, let's look at 2001 and 2023, and I guess you could say that could Jordan Walker in his first year go out and be a starter and tear it up like Albert did? It's very possible. I mean, he's looked great down here. Very rarely do you have a player who has high expectations and hype, and then he goes over that. And that's what we saw with Walker, because what we've seen is not only is he a good hitter, he's a really good base runner. He can fly up and down the, the base pass. He's got a big, long stride. I mentioned his play out in the field, I think, has been very good. Really, it's about his makeup. He is wise beyond his years. He's a good human being. He's a very smart baseball player. You know, he'll steal a bag if you need it. He'll make a play for you. The other day, he goes 0 for 4, but he made some plays that they needed made and almost beat out an infield hit. Like He's going to do some things during the course of the year that's going to help this club win. And he's had plenty of time to play because of the World Baseball Classic. That's been extremely beneficial to him and to Mason Wynn. 
to be able to show what you, you can do and, and not have to cram it all into a few days. I mean, you can now spread out and, and show what you can do over a period of time. And that has been great. It's also possibly cost some people their jobs because they've been out in the World Baseball Classic. They come back and hot competition that bullpen. I mean, there are some really good pitchers. Now, as we're talking right now, the roster's not set. I'd be interested to see how they jam all those pitchers into eight spots. There are a lot of relievers. There's already some guarantees. Helsley will be there. Hicks will be there. Gallegos is going to be there. And then who are the other ones, and how do you make that happen? How many lefties do you carry, et cetera? So somebody's going to get left out. Several people are going to get left out. Yeah. Nice Memphis problem. Memphis will be good. <laughs> nice problem to have, as yeah, they say. No question. Well, it's always fun catching up with you. I know you have stuff you have to do, but uh, best wishes on your on your new news and doing some TV games this year and, and wish you the best this season. Well, you do a great job, John. I, I, I mean it. You know, you're the voice of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. You're the voice, really, though, of Abacoa. Because when you walk around the streets, you can hear your voice echoing throughout the neighborhood. And, you know, a very calming presence. And and that does mean a lot. It it adds to the experience of the ballpark. So you do a terrific job as well. Well, good being with you. And uh, thanks for sharing about your life at the ballpark. Thank you, John. Tune in each week for a new episode. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. Life at the Ballpark is produced by Jim Governale. Project manager is Paul Adams. I'm John Frost, sharing stories of Life at the Ballpark.